After the Magellan expedition that made an alternative route to the Spice Islands, Spain would send more expeditions to the archipelago that would be called Filipinas after Philip II. In 1564, Miguel Lopez de Legazpi set sail from the Viceroyalty of New Spain and with his mission came the establishment of the Philippines as a colony within the Spanish Empire. Together with the conquistadores came the friars that sought to spread Christianity. These men did not only evangelize, they also observed the customs and left clues to understanding how societies in the Philippines lived and how they were forever changed. Let's talk about Juan de Plasencia's Relacion de las Costumbres de los Tagalos in the second episode of Primary Sources and You, titled, Timawa Kaba? This is Podcast Conversations on Philippine History, Politics, and Society. Magandang araw! Kumain na ba kayo? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of our second season. Ako si Lee. Ako si Aaron, hindi pa ako kumakain. <laughs> At ako si Vex. So in the last episode, we started the conversation about primary sources on Philippine history at napagkwentuhan nga natin yung episode ni Magellan that brought the Spaniards to the Philippines. And after this expedition, more expeditions were sent to the Pacific, like yung kay Villalobos na nagbigay nga ng name na Filipinas. Then later on, another important expedition was by Miguel Lopez de Legazpi since this was the one that established the Philippines as a colony. Isang importanteng event during this period, noong 1560s to 1570s, ay yung pagbagsak ng Maynila to the hands of the Spaniards. Definitely. And yes, uh, so the colonization really begins. So in this episode, ang gusto natin ma-highlight naman ay yung further contact na ito ng mga Espanyol sa mga Pilipino, uh, doon sa natives ng Pilipinas. Particularly, tignan natin yung isang primary source na makakapagbigay sa atin ng ilang accounts tungkol sa buhay sa Pilipinas in a way bago dumating yung mga Espanyol at during the time na nagaganap na yung colonization. Ito nga yung tinutukoy natin na sinulat ng isang praile si Fray Juan de Plasencia at yung title ng kanyang account ay Relacion de las Costumbres de los Tagalos. So this document is more well-known as the Customs of the Tagalog as mga mag-aaral ng history. Tulad ng binanggit natin last episode, Napakahalaga na basahin itong mga account na to in a particular context. So, dapat contextual reading. So, kailangan natin lagi isipin that these kinds of accounts came from a particular vantage point that the authors, like Juan de Plasencia, came from a, a different culture. As in, super ibang-ibang kultura. So, sa pag, so, pag binabasa natin to, it is very important to point out this context and to scrutinize these sources accordingly. And dahil nga, isang vantage point lang ang pinagmumula ng mga source na to. Mahalaga din na we also scrutinize and read sources coming from different authors like, you know, those who came from the Chinese, so Chinese accounts, or about uh, or from the accounts of other Southeast Asian polities. O syempre, pwede rin busisiin yung oral tradition and archaeological evidence coming from the Philippines. Yes. So kapag pinag-uusapan natin ng pre-colonial or pre-conquest Philippines or early Philippine societies, yung knowledge natin about it ay more often than not galing sa multiple sources na yan. Yeah, so for today, yung ating titignan na source ay sinulat nga ng isang 
prile. So, kailangan mabanggit natin na napakahalaga ng papel ng mga prile sa tagumpay ng kolonisasyon. So, sa proseso ng pananakop, may kita natin na yung tinatawag nga na reduksyon, kung saan basically magtatatag ng mga pueblo ang mga Espanyol, kasi babaguhin na nila yung, ano, no, yung, yung buhay ng mga natives. Kasi, remember, may iba silang barometer ng civilization. So, Siyempre, pagdating nila dito, wala silang nakitang cities, walang roads, no? So, so parang ang automatic nilang ascription nun, ah, hindi sila civilized, no? So, kasi nga, walang, walang ganitong mga structure. So, in this clash of cultures, siyempre, may, may struggle, no? So, sa reduksyon, yung mga sinaunang barangay nga, in a way, gagawing mga pueblo. At sa proseso na yan, napakahalagang papel yung ginampanan ng mga prile. No, kasi sabi nga ng, ng ilang historians, uh, it's one way to have the natives transfer to, to living in a pueblo. It's completely another matter to keep them there. No, so dito mahalaga yung proseso ng spiritual conversion at pagbabago ng kamalayan na, na syempre, uh, ginagampanan ng mga praile yung, yung part na yun. No? So in this manner, yung mga praile sa Pilipinas as they were evangelizing, they also came up with accounts and published books about the the Philippines kasi syempre gusto nilang maintindihan din yung yung customs ng mga taong uh, sinasakop at babaguhin nila yung paniniwala so si Placencia uh, should be understood within this context kasi nakarating siya sa Pilipinas noong 1570s at sinulat niya yung accounts na to during that that period so, ganito niya describe yung, yung thought process niya halimbawa with regard to writing about the natives. After receiving your lordship's letter, I wished to reply immediately. But I postponed my answer in order that I might first thoroughly inform myself in regard to your request and to avoid discussing the conflicting reports of the Indians who are wont to tell what suits their purpose. Therefore, to this end, I collected Indians from different districts, old men and those of most capacity, all known to me. And from them I have obtained the simple truth, after reading out much foolishness, in regard to their government, administration of justice, inheritances, slaves, and dowries. Magkaboses pala si Placencia sa si Pigafetta. No? Oo oh, nga, what's about to say. No, no, iisa pala yung tradisyon. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, well, from, from, well, seriously, from that excerpt, may kita dito talaga na alam ni Placencia yung, I mean, meron talaga siyang specific goals, I mean, into writing this, uh, in, in, into writing the Los Costumbres, ano. So therefore, talagang makita natin na uh, this writing would contain descriptions of the social relations during this time. Uh, interesting to kasi yung isang importante na topic na talagang kailangan mo pag-usapan sa Philippine history is about how colonialism actually changed the landscape of social, economic, political, and cultural lives of the people. Yes, pero importante-importante dyan no? yung banggit sa social stratification Kasi aminin natin, yan yung isang bagay na talagang hindi nakakalimutan ng bawat estudyanteng dumaan sa Philippine history. Yung dalawang uri ng alipin, yung namamahay at yung sagigilid. 
Totoo, no? Feeling ko nga kung nag-aladora tayo ngayon na, na di ba, nagtanong tayo, ano ang dalawang uri ng alipin tapos may may awkward silence? Lahat ng nakikinig may sagot, di ba? Yung aminin na, aminin na matakapakinig yan na talagang mababanggit at mababanggit yung aliping na mamahay tsaka sa gigilit. Tsaka naalala ko meron tayong comment sa Facebook na merong nagtanong din talaga kung pwedeng i-clarify natin yung aliping na mamahay tsaka sa gigilit. So baka pwedeng ito na yung ito chats na natin. No? So, yeah. so yung social stratification, mahalaga nga yan. No? Kasi nga syempre, nabuhay ng mga tao yung, yung ino-observe nitong mga Espanyol at yun yung babaguhin nila. So ito yung ilang account ni Plasencia about it. These people always had chiefs, called by them datos, who governed them and were captains in their wars and whom they obeyed and reverenced. The subject who committed any offense against them or spoke but a word to their wives and children was severely punished. These chiefs ruled over but few people, sometimes as many as a hundred houses, sometimes even less than 30. This tribal gathering is called in Tagalo a barangay. In addition to the chiefs who corresponded to our knights, there were three castes, Nobles, commoners, and slaves. The nobles were the freeborn whom they call Maharlika. They did not pay tax or tribute to the dato, but must accompany him in war at their own expense. The chief offered them beforehand a feast, and afterward they divided the spoils. Moreover, when the dato went upon the water, those whom he summoned rode for him. If he built a house, they helped him, and had to be fed for it. The same was true when the whole barangay went to clear up his lands for tillage. The commoners are called aliping namamahay. They are married and serve their master, whether he be a dato or not, with half of their cultivated lands, as was agreed upon in the beginning. They accompanied him whenever he went beyond the island and rode for him. They live in their own houses and are lords of their property and gold. Their children inherit it and enjoy their property and lands. The slaves are called aliping sagigilid. They serve their master in his house and on his cultivated lands, and may be sold. The master grants them, should he see fit, and providing that he has profited through their industry a portion of their harvests, so that they may work faithfully. For these reasons, Servants who are born in the house of their master are rarely, if ever, sold. That is the lot of captives in war and those brought up in the harvest fields. Yeah, no. So important to note here, no, I think yung European sensibility ni Plasencia na very evident, no, kasi yung categories na ginamit niya, European, 'di ba? Noble, commoner, slave, di ba? Kasi syempre, they were also trying to understand it and explain it to the king of Spain. So, so ina-approximate nila yung yung category. So, yung madami ng mga pag-aaral sa Philippines, syempre, nagpapakita to na napaka-complex ng social stratification kasi cultural, economic, and political din yun, di ba? So, yung isang magandang book about this, yung kay Laura Lee Yonker, yung Raiding, Trading, and Feasting, The Political Economy of Philippine Chiefdoms. Tapos syempre, may ibang works pa si William Henry Scott about it. And of course, Filipino scholars like Zio Salazar. No? So, so in general, yung social stratification, at least sa Tagalog region na describe ni Plasencia, 
no had this uh, configuration na may social strata na na pwedeng tatlo or minsan apat yung yung categorization so sa pinakataas no katulad nga din nung na-observe ni Plasencia nandun yung kadatoan na tinatawag no ito yung datu tsaka yung pamilya niya so ito yung uh, basically elite no to use the term loosely no so yung maharlika or minsan ito yung tinatawag na timawa no so kaya nga yung yung title natin ngayon timawa ka ba at yung at yung uring alipin dito yung yung either yung aliping na mamahay or sa gigilid no so pag pinag-uusapan natin yung social stratification it's a very complex matter lalo na pagdating sa reckoning kung saan ka kabilang dun sa 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 social ladder na yun kung baga no so uh, yung isang malinaw though sa Pilipinas or maybe in general sa maritime Southeast Asia, hindi siya kasing rigid ng Hindu caste system na, di ba? Alam naman natin yung caste system na doon, uh, reincarnation lang yung paraan to change a caste. No? You, you have to die and be reborn again to to actually be part of a new caste. No? So, sa konteksto ng, ng, ng mga polity sa Pilipinas, uh, in theory, pwede ka bumaba talaga in your lifetime Uh, from one one social stratum to another. Or syempre, pwede rin tumaas. Pero I would of course hazard a claim na, na laging mas madali yung pagbaba kaysa pag-akyat. No? So, yung isang illustrative example, siguro, na mas makita natin yung sense sa sinasabi ko, pwede natin tingnan yung social relations in terms of uh, utang, no? yung debt. Diba? So, ito figurative or literal na, na utang. No? So, yung datu, Essentially, as work suggests, uh, nagiging datu siya kasi may suporta siya at allegiance from the Timawa. So, in a sense, utang niya sa Timawa yung political, economic, social position na, ng pagiging uh, datu. No? So, uh, kasi nga yung, yung Timawa, in theory, ay malaya. No? So, uh, ang power ng datu hindi necessarily tied sa lawak ng lupa kasi abundant yung resources na yun eh, yung lupa. So, hindi siya, hindi nire-recon yung power ng datu sa laki ng lupain niya. But more so, sa dami ng timawa na sumusuporta sa kanya. Yes, so parang mahalaga, ang mahalaga ay hindi yung, ge- yung laki geographically, pero yung hmm. lawak ng network. Exactly, no? So, yung network... Uh-oh. yung yung kakayahan ng datu na mag-build ng political network at social network na yun, no so in a sense utang niya yun sa timawa no so yung power ng ng datu uh, doon ang gagaling no so in turn ang role niya ay uh, mag-govern no i-manage yung barangay basically so mag-mobilize ng labor Uh, mag-adjudicate kapag may kaso, pag may law transgression, at mag-allocate ng resources. So, kailangan niya makuha yung good side, in a way, ng mga timawa. Kaya nga may, may competitive feasting na tinatawag kung saan yung mga member ng kadatoan nagpapaparty. Liwag ka tumawa, feasting yun na piyesta. No? So, Hindi, parang, parang naisip, naimagine ko kasi parang ano eh, pre-conquest mukbang. Ay, oo, oh, totoo, no? Okay, sige. No, so, so, meron silang mga tinutro na party, in a way, no, to put it bluntly, uh, to showcase yung kanilang wealth and power, no? Na, na, kasi, syempre, pag kaya mong magpa-party, ibig sabihin, meron kang efficiency sa pag-mobilize ng resources kasi may excess, kaya mong, kaya mong i-distribute, di ba? No? So, so, yung timawa, 
utang niya in a way sa datu naman, no? Yung stability ng barangay, no? So, ibibigay niya yung support niya sa datu para makuha niya yung stability. So, parang in a way, in a European sense, ito yung social contract, no? So, uh, kasi in theory, dahil nga timawa siya, yung ibig sabihin ng word na, na katimawaan, no? Ito yung freedom, yung pagiging malaya, no? So, kung ikaw ay timawa, no? Ikaw ay malaya, Diba? So, dun sa tanong natin kanina, timawa ka ba? Tanong natin sa sarili natin yun. Diba? Malaya nga ba tayo? Anyway, no, so ganun yung katimawaan. No? So, so, yung kalayaan mong pumili. So, yung, yung in effect, no, in theory, the timawa is free to choose another dato to support. Diba? So, in theory, diba? kasi syempre in practice, mahirap yun. Kasi pag pumunta siya sa ibang barangay, baka akusahan naman siya ng pagiging espia or, or whatnot. Pero nonetheless, yun yung parang leverage niya sa barangay. Yung, yung freedom na yun. Yung, yung hawak niyang kalayaan ng pagpili. Yung nagbibigay naman sa kanya ng kapangyarihan sa loob ng, ng barangay. So, yung, yung interplay na yun ng dato at timawa, yung utang nila sa isa't isa. So, yung dato, utang niya yung, yung support ng mga timawa at yung mga timawa utang niya sa datu yung stability ng buhay sa barangay. In a sense yung datu, yung hindi siya dynastic na leader eh ano. Definitely. Kasi nakadepende yung uh, kumbaga legitimacy niya sa kung tingin mm-hmm. ba nung nung katimawa yung nung mga timawa ay um siya pa rin yung capable at yung tao na mm-hmm. pinaka-fit doon sa position. Definitely no. So hindi hin, bago bum, dumating yung Islam halimbawa sa Pilipinas uh, when bloodlines became uh, an important aspect of rule. Kasi 'di ba sa, sa sultanate, pag ikaw ay sultan, kailangan kaya mong patunayan yung lineage mo to Muhammad. So so before that, no we can contend na yung mga barangay hindi katulad ng sinabi ni Vic, hindi siya dynastic kasi uh, anyone can vie for the datu position as long as kaya niyang patunayan yung sarili niya. Dun, dun sa criteria ng job position na labor mobilization, leadership in war, and so on and so forth. So, lumalabas lang siguro in a way na para siyang dynastic na, na, na napupunta sa anak yung pagiging datu. Kasi yung anak ng datu, meron siya nung buong lifetime to train to become a datu. So, when it comes to the point na kailangang mag-compete for that position, siya yung may lifetime training. So, we can, we can think of it like that. So, pwede mo siyang ganun tingnan na yung kadatoan, they try to maintain the position na within themselves. No? Na, na pamilya sila. No? So, so yun yung timawa at saka yung, yung kadatoan. No? So, then comes the alipin. No? So, mahirap yung approximation na ginawa ni, ni Placentia halimbawa na in-equate niya yung alipin sa slave. Diba? No? In-equate niya pa nga sa commoner. Eh, no? So, medyo mahirap yun kasi in the European sense, diba? pag sinabi mong alipin, essentially hindi yung tao, diba? na yun ay property. Diba? Property siya ng master. No? So, sa Pilipinas at sa Maritime Southeast Asia, kadalasan yung servitude yun yung yun yung nagbibigay ng karakteristik or yung nagbibigay ng possession social possession ng pagiging dat uh, na pagiging alipin no yung yung servitude yung debt yung utang no so halimbawa may hindi ka nabayaran na utang or halimbawa may krimen ka na nagawa so utang mo sa barangay kasi na disrupt na yung harmony kung may krimen halimbawa so you owe it to the barangay to pay for those no so halimbawa si Vec ay timawa ako ay timawa din nagutang ako kay Vec, Vec ng binhi tapos hindi na, nabagyo halimbawa so hindi ko na bayaran iyahabla ko ni Vec sa harap ng datu so halimbawa si Leon datu 
to. Si Datu, magdi-decide siya na parang, okay, dahil hindi mo nabayaran, uh, you need to serve so and so amount of time para ma-compensate yung utang. So, ganun siya. So, nagiging alipin ka dahil may may liabilities ka. no So, may accountabilities ka. Madalas itong ganito, um, dahil ngayong barangay ay kinship network. Tapos ako, uh, limbawa, um, galing ako sa isang bad season of of harvest, magungutang ako. At madalas, magungutang ako, saka mag-anak ko na mas well off. Definitely. So, I, I'm oh. working. So, to pay that debt, I will work. Uh, mag-render ako ng, ng service dun sa kamag-anak ko na. So, madalas, you will do it to your... Uh, you will make utang to your relatives. Siguro kasi, <laughs> parang ganun din yung, ano, yung... I mean, hindi din magiging ganun ka-harsh when it comes to servitude. Oo. Oh, oh, diba? diba? Kaya nga ang hirap i-approximate ng term na slave. Kasi, oh, oh. diba? Limbawa, yung pinsan mo, tawagin... No, yung oh, pinsan mo, tawagin mo bang slave ko yan? Di ba? Parang subukan mo, di ba? So parang, so, y- yun yung isang dynamic doon. No? So, yung mga alipin, mahalaga sila syempre kasi sila yung nagpapadaloy ng daily life sa sa loob ng barangay in a sense. No? So, uh, kaya nga yung, yung relations naman between the barangay, anbawa, pag pinag-usapan naman natin yung relations ng isang barangay sa isa pang barangay, di ba? We hinted on this in the last episode, diba? Na halimbawa si Humabon, tsaka si Lapu-Lapu. Para magkaaway sila, no? So yung yung mga mga barangay noon, dahil nga they live in in relative autonomy uh, from one another, kadalasan yung relation sa pagitan nila, ang nangyayari, nagkakaroon nung, nung raiding, no? Yung yung pangangayaw na tinatawag, no? So kung saan nag engage yung mga hindi magkaalyadong barangay sa labanan. No, in a war, no, in a way, no. So, itong mga ganito, hindi siya war of conquest. They are, you know, battles for resources. No, kaya siya raids. Kaya hindi war yung tawag raids, no. So, uh, so kapag nangayaw ang isang barangay, sa isa pang barangay, ang goal niya hindi makuha yung lupa kasi nga may sarili siyang lupa at abundant yung yung lupa no so ang goal makuha mo yung resources kasama yung mga tao so after a raid babalik sila sa sarili nilang barangay kung saan syempre yan ba yung unang gagawin ng dato celebrate so party tapos yung dato ya allocate niya yung mga resources na nakuha nila from that pangangayaw so yung resources na yon kasama yung alipin tsaka yung mga nakuha nilang buti no so uh, yan yung isang strategic tricky part din sa pagiging dato paano mo a-allocate yung resources na hindi ka magi-create ng tension at selos among among dakadatoan ng timawa no no so uh, so ganun yung yung nangyayari no so kung ikaw ay isang tao na nalipat ng barangay from one barangay to the other yun usually yung mga nagiging aliping sa gigilid kasi yung mga aliping sa gigilid sila yung mga alipin na walang pag-aari no so so wala silang kaya mas mahirap yung social upward social mobility for an aliping sa gigilid kasi usually wala siyang capital na pagkukunan ng resources saka saka, saka yung mga ginangayaw sila yung ginagawang mm-hmm. aliping sa kasi hindi sila yung hindi ka mag-anak totoo yun din no tas yung idea din doon kung gagamitin natin yung utang na na ano natin concept natin kanina di ba paano mo babayaran yung utang na buhay, ba? Kasi, in effect, dahil nag, nagbanggaan yung dalawang barangay, pwede ka technically patayin, eh, ba? Pero hindi ka pinatay. So, buhay ka. So, in a way, utang mo dun sa bago mong barangay yung buhay mo. So, paano mo babayaran yung utang na buhay? So, kaya mas mahirap yung social mobility na yun. Although, syempre, sa isang raid, dahil nga siya ay battle for resources, 
hindi rin usually nangyayari na madaming patayan. No? Kaya madalas yung mga pangangayaw, kung kaya siyang isettle ng taunts na sisigaw lang sila. Kaya di ba naalala nyo yung account ni Magellan noon na nung nakita nila yung encounter ng mga taga-Maktan, nagsisisigaw daw yung mga taga-Maktan. No? Kasi yung idea, kung kaya mong i-resolve yung away sa pananakot na parang hindi kayo mananalo sa amin, so wag na kayong mangayaw dito. Uh, pwedeng ganun. Kasi ang iniiwasan mo, loss of resources. So pag nag- dumating sa point na maglalaban sila, hindi rin siya sobrang bloody in a sense na madaming fatal casualties. Kasi kung ikaw yung barangay na mga ngayaw sa isa pang barangay, para mong pinapatay yung future employees mo kung papatayin mo silang lahat. So ang goal mo ay mag-inflict ng, ng enough fear para magkapitulate yung kalaban mo, tapos makuha mo yung resources at mabalik mo sa sa isang sa sarili mong barangay. So yun nga, so yung sinabi ni Vec, yun yung mga nagiging aliping uh, sa gigilid kasi hindi mo ka mag-anak tapos wala silang resources. No? So yung mga aliping na mamahay naman, uh, sila usually yung mga alipin na meron pang ari-arian. So ito yung halimbawa within the barangay, katulad ng example ni Vec kanina, kung magkamag-anak ng utang yung isa, tapos sobrang laki ng utang, umabot sa demandahan at hindi talaga nabayaran, no? Pag naging alipin siya, yun yung magiging aliping na mamahay. Kasi meron pa rin siyang ari-arian in a sense. Pwede niyang ibigay yung ari-arian na yun as payment, pero bakit mo gagawin yun, 'di ba? So yun yung isang idea. Interesting 'yan, no? Kasi iniisip ko pwedeng yung isang aliping na mamahay, pag-uwi niya, may alipin din siya. Nasa gigilid. Oh, in theory pwede. Oh. In theory, pwede talaga yun. <laughs> in theory nga, hindi mo naman gini-give up yung alipin. Tsaka yung, yung slavery din, di ba? Yung idea ng slavery, yung sinasabi ni Presensya, yung selling, di ba? Yung ganun. Sa, sa Pilipinas, kung gagamitin natin yung, yung debt ulit, yung utang na, na concept natin. Halimbawa, kung ako alipin na mamahay, tapos meron akong alipin sa bahay, pwedeng ibigay ko yung alipin na yon sa pinagkakautangan ko pero to my mind, hindi ko binibigay yung tao. Ang tinatransfer ko, yung utang. No? Na parang sabihin ko dun sa alipin ko na, sige, bayad na yung utang mo sa akin, pero serve this particular uh, person instead. No? So ang, ang tinatransfer mo ay yung, yung utang, hindi yung, yung tao. No? So ganun yung, yung complexity niya. No? So, so yan yung dynamic ng social stratification na, na na-observe ni Plasencia na syempre coming from a very European perspective. No? So yung isa pang very interesting sa account ni Plasencia, yung observations niya pagdating sa religion, pagdating sa belief system. And this is what he had to say about it. Their manner of offering sacrifice was to proclaim a feast and offer to the devil what they had to eat. This was done in front of the idol which they anoint with fragrant perfumes such as musk and civet or gum of the starax tree and other odoriferous woods and praise it in poetic songs sung by the officiating priest, male or female, who is called Katolonan. The participants made responses to the song, beseeching the idol to favor them with those things of which they were in need and generally by offering repeated healths they all became intoxicated. In some of their idolatries, they were accustomed to place a good piece of cloth doubled over the idol and over the cloth a chain or large gold ring, thus worshipping the devil without having sight of him. The devil was sometimes liable to enter into the body of the Catalonan 
and assuming her shape and appearance, filled her with so great arrogance, he being the cause of it, that she seemed to shoot flames from her eyes. Her hair stood on end, a fearful sight to those beholding, and she uttered words of arrogance and superiority. In some districts, especially in the mountains, when in those idolatries, the devil incarnated himself and took on the form of his minister, the latter had to be tied to a tree by his companions to prevent the devil in his infernal fury from destroying him. This, however, happened but rarely. There were also ghosts, which they called vibit, and phantoms, which they called tikbalang. They had another deception, namely, that if any woman died in childbirth, she and the child suffered punishment, and that at night, she could be heard lamenting. This was called patianak. May the honor and glory be God our Lord's, that among all the Tagalos, not a trace of this is left, and that those who are now marrying do not even know what it is, thanks to the preaching of the Holy Gospel, which has banished it. Alright, so diba, very interesting yung aspect na yan, yung description niya about the belief system. Kasi pansinin natin, although this is an English translation, no, pansinin natin yung words na, na ginamit niya, diba, na parang erasure talaga, devil, and so on. Diba? No, so dito natin makikita yung uh, perspective niya as a priest. Kasi syempre sa kanya, there is only one true faith, which is of course Catholicism. So dito natin makikita halimbawa yung sinasabi ng isa pang scholar na si Caroline Brewer, yung tinatawag niya na holy confrontation. Yung nagharap yung babaylan or yung katalonan in this sense, at ang praile. So, sabi nga ng mga pag-aaral uh, tukol sa babaylan, halimbawa, yung, yung ginawa ni Zio Salazar, sinabi niya na yung babaylan ay isang uh, religious leader at also proto-scientist. No? Itong mga babaylan na to, mga katalonan, ay babae o lalaking may pagkababae. So, dito pa lang, makikita mo na yung clash. No? So, male ang praile, female ang babaylan. Espanyol ang praile, katutubo ang babaylan. Katoliko ang praile, you know, monotheism, only one God, animist ang babaylan. So, so ang daming layers. So yung clash nila, talagang crucial sa tagumpay ng reduksyon. At may kita dito sa description halimbawa ni Plasencia, diba, saan niya inassociate yung, yung ginagawa ng babaylan? So sa devil. Diba, exactly. Devil talaga, no? I mean, um... Yung tinatawag mo na holy confrontation, dito talaga sinira niya yung gender regime characteristic ng sinaunang pamayanan, yung bago dumating yung mga, yung mga Kastila. Uh, I mean, nung nabago yung lipunan after colonization, talagang pinakanawalan talaga ng status ay yung babaylan or yung katalonan sa mga Tagalog. I mean, yung dato na co-opt yan eh. I mean, some of them at least were co-opted and became cabezas de barangay or naging bahagi ng principalia mm-hmm. later on. Pero yung babaylan talagang na-erasya. At yun nga, yung strategy talaga ng conversion, especially in this period, the earliest um, years of the Spanish colonization, would be to destroy the image of the babay- babaylan at i-ascribe yung devil sa kanya. I mean, 
Plasensya, enumerated 12 infernal ministers during this time. At lahat ng to ay associated dun sa ganyang function. So, o, yan ba yung mga mambabarang, no, di ba? Yan yun, di ba? Actually, manggagaway, mangkokolam, hokloban, yan, manggagayuma, di ba? So, iba pa yung mga ghosts na binanggit kanina ni Plasensya, a.k.a. ni Lee. <laughs> iba pa yun. So, imagine, ganon yung, um, ganon dinimonize, kumbaga. Uh, yung yung babaylan bilang isang bahagi ng uh, social structure. Kaya yung gender dynamics talagang na-complicate ng colonialism. Kasi itong mga babaylan na to, or yung mga Katalona na to, lalo na sa accounting presensya mismo, ay nasa antas din ng kadatoan. I mean, uh, karamihan ng mga babaylan ay nanggaling din dun sa uh, social stratum na yun. Yeah. Kaya nga yung political, economic, na na dimension ng social stratification na bago alongside syempre with the cultural dimension at yung yung view sa isa't isa yung yung gender dynamics to so kaya nga minsan nag-iimagine ako ng scenarios na paano kung hindi nalimbawa nung sinaunang pamena nalimbawa paano kung hindi magkasundo yung babaylan tsaka datu di ba in theory pwedeng labanan ng babaylan yung datu kasi kahit anong gawin ng datu hindi niya makakausap yung mga anito yung babaylan pwede niyang i-claim na sinabi ng dato, pangit ka daw, no? Pangit daw yung dato, sabi ng mga babaylan. Sabi ng mga anito, rather, no? So, ba diba? Pero, yeah, you, that's my creative mind working. Na parang pwedeng may mala Game of Thrones, ba diba? nung, nung barangay setting na na may may political rivalries na pwedeng i At yung bawat sector na yun, pwede siyang may i-wield na influence, ba diba? Kaya rin, very rich tong account ni Plasensia, aside from the political aspect of political relationships, it also talks about social relations, halimbawa yung pagbanggit sa kasal o sa marriage, or burial rights, sa pagilibing, uh, divorce, and also yung dynamics ng leadership sa barangay. So, it's it's a very rich source. At in fact, itong si Plasensia, meron pa siyang ibang works, like yung Doctrina Christiana, na alam din dapat ang lahat ng uh, Filipino students kasi yan yung first book published in the Philippines at ila pang mga vocabularios o dictionaries kasi during the conduct of the conversion instead na magturo ng Espanyol itong mga prayle sila yung nag-aral ng local languages which is faster actually kasi naman is uh, hintayin pa nila matuto ng Espanyol yung mga uh, subjects nila pero manood ko lang din no kasi Itong si Plasencia, sabi ng isang um, kaibigan nating scholar na nasa Madrid ngayon, shout out kay Ros Costello, na nakikinig. Uh, ito raw si Plasencia, hindi naman Plasencia ang kanyang last name, ano? Plasencia sa akin ng Plasencia, pero Plasencia is actually a place in Spain. Uh, it's it's where Juan de Plasencia is, right? So it's one of Plasencia. Anyway, so isa lang si Plasencia <laughs> sa paraming mga prile na may ganitong account. At dito talagang makikita natin yung binabanggit natin last time na um, kahit na iba yung intention ng author when he was writing the source, di ba, pwede mo siyang basahin or i-interpret in different ways. I think it, sa modern reader, pag binasa itong kay Plasencia, very derogatory, ano? I mean, tinatawag niyang dev, uh, oh, oh. Um, sinauna at indigenous na paniniwala at pananampalataya. So, but anyway... Um, Sobrang interesting ng mga discussion on primary sources, especially those written by the friars. And interesting ring makita kung pagtatabi-tabihin natin itong mga ganitong primary source at ano yung mga sinasabi nila sa atin about the society uh, na kanilang nadatnan. Yes, uh, uh, interestingly, itong mga primary source na pinag-uusapan natin ngayon, second episode pa lang pero Spanish side 
pa rin. So, baka may magsabi sa atin na, oh, puro yung primary sources nyo, puro mga uh, sa side ng colonizer. Well, marami pa naman tayong episode na paparating, ano. So, uh, patience lang, darating tayo dyan ng haba-haba ng history. At marami pang panahon. Pero sa next episode, ang titignan naman natin ay yung isang account. Mula ulit sa isang colonizer. Mula sa isang Espanyol na si Antonio de Morga. Yung kanyang sucesos de las Islas Filipinas. Pero ang paglutuunan naman natin ng pansin sa source na ito, ay yung galleon trade. Exciting yan. So parang yung account na yan, titignan natin, gagamitin natin siyang uh, starting point to discuss no? nung, nung na-colonize na, nagtagumpay yung proseso ng reduksyon in terms of the political, social, economic, cultural dimension. Paano na nagbabago yung buhay uh, ng mga tao? No? So, of course, continue supporting our podcast uh, by joining the conversation through the various social media pages that we have in Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and so on. And of course, visit our website. So marami kaming mga nilalagay dyan. Or well, from time to time, some resources, some lists, and some blogs. So head over to podcast.org. So until next week, thank you and have a good day.